to the ether today is saturday december 17th 2022 today on the ether omniflix network presents the impact of nfts on the music industry let's take a listen what's up everybody uh this is in the spotlight numero cinco uh we're gonna get started in just a few minutes if you could be so kind as to share this around that would be amazing um and we'll get started here at around let's call it 510 Eastern, which is in about seven minutes. We have a couple of other uh, thank you songs of Eden for being here and Terra Spaces for being here. Um, I'm going to bring you guys up real quick and also have Crypto God Louie, who should be joining us uh, from the spatial land. And we should also have uh, Dope Stilo as well. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll get started with. Uh, with who we have at the moment. Um, Songs of Eden, how are you today? Thank you for joining us all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. Hey, 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 Chef. Hope you're doing good. I'm just uh, driving home here from a live performance thing, and I saw you were having this space, so I thought, uh, yeah, to join you and just listen and, and learn, as I always do with you. So happy to be here, my friend. Very happy to have you as well, man. Very happy to have you as well. Um, and I think Terra Spaces will be joining us in just a moment. There he is. Hey, what's is good? Is that you, Finn? That's me. Terra hey, Spaces in, in the cat. How you guys doing? Great, man. How are you? Not too bad. Just getting some editing done. I totally spaced out that that was today that this got rescheduled. So uh, I'm here, though. I appreciate you. I very much appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, I guess the reschedule kind of threw some people off. So I apologize for that. I had a death in the family last week, so uh, I was unable to be present. But uh, I'm here today, and I'm very, very thankful that you guys are here today. So now... Uh, and tons of, tons of love to you. I just read what happened and so forth. So, uh, yeah, sending you a huge hug from Sweden. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. She lived a good life, though. Um, but in any case... So, if you could kind of just introduce yourselves, uh, Songs of Eden, you first, and then uh, Finn. Uh, I know Finn. You you've never minted an NFT before musically, right? Uh, yeah, we we dropped one like a long time ago at like before the Terra crash. We did like a little three project collab on Terra, but it wasn't like songs or albums. It was just like a verse with a little beat this dude made. So nothing like album wise. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, um, and that's, and I'm glad that you're here because of the fact that I want to, you have interest in doing that in the future, though, correct? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've currently just used CD Baby like all the other, you know, garage band cats. So, uh, 
having nfts in a way to like kind of do releases a little different is is very appealing yeah that, so that's kind of why uh, why i wanted you on, to, to be on, on the show with us today because i want to get the perspective of you know a person that's not really gotten into the nft space in the music side and then we have someone like songs of eden who uh is a veteran of the uh you know of, of minting nfts in a variety of ways in um in the nft space so i would like to get both your perspectives and hopefully the perspective of other people that join us throughout the remainder of the show um just to kind of so that everybody can get a feel for you know how it how it is to mint an nft in, in the music in the a musical nft and also you know what the concept or the technology behind the nfts will actually do for the music industry in providing sovereignty to uh, artists rather than having so much of the money going to record labels and, uh, and you know, and, and the music industry in general. So, uh, Songs of Eden, if you could just introduce yourself as well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I've been in the industry for a long time, uh, both producing records and as an artist and so forth. And, uh, and, uh, NFTs perhaps a year, I guess. And, um, I'm trying to, to, uh, see it from, uh, a different perspective than most of uh, my friends and colleagues and uh, and uh, my whole uh, philosophy is to just make it more accessible for uh, a larger uh, group of people not just the super fans that buys the nfts out of it being like a collectible but yeah working really hard to make it uh, like something special like i'm doing these live performances uh, free albums and stuff as gifts for my holders to just just get something special and at the moment i'm working uh, with a developer to to make alexa the amazon alexa uh, play play the music nfts basically so you can use it the way you use let, let's say spotify like alexa play this and that or spotify basically you can uh, play the music from uh, directly from alexa which i think is a big step oh my god yeah, it's it's still better testing, so it's not working. I've done the album, but we're still working on making the whole thing work. But it's gonna be uh, gonna be something really amazing once it's done, once it's uh, rolled out. When do you expect that to be? Uh, just one one second. I'm just at the McDonald's. One, one second. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, that that's really cool though, because that right there for me kind of makes the separation between all right, these are just things that like, like you said, super fans and and people collect, versus something that has everyday use as like an MP3, basically. You know, like I can't right now take my music NFTs that I have and go into my car and like have a real seamless experience of of being able to play that shit. Exactly. You know, like the, the MP3s on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on Google Music, YouTube, all that shit. Like, it has to be for me at least, and I think a lot of the normie users. Like, it has to be super seamless. Otherwise, it will remain just like, all right, these are cool collectibles, which is fine. I mean, if that's what it is, like that's what it is. But I think it could be more than that and have some like dual use uh, as far as either unlocking those playlists on those platforms or like what uh songs of eden's working on getting it to play directly as long as i don't have to give amazon my wallet like that, that's cool yeah definitely don't want to give jeff bezos your wallet or is he even there anymore i guess he is it's gotta be 
And I'm back too. If you need me, I just need some water. I was so super dry in my mouth. I just <laughs> can you can you get me some chicken nuggies and a quarter pounder with cheese while you're there, please. Well, since I'm a vegetarian, you, I'll, I'll be happy to give it to you. Just have everything. <laughs> so, how, wait, if you're a vegetarian, how, how do you go to McDonald's? Actually, I don't go often to McDonald's. I go to this Swedish version that's called Max, who has a really good plant beef burger. But now I'm on the freeway, and McDonald's was the only option. But I just ordered a small coffee that I'm not going to drink, and just to be able to get the water, I have to order something so that's the cheapest thing they had. Oh, I feel I've I've been there coming home from a festival, and you're just like, God damn, I need something to drink. Like pull over first thing you see, and it's always a McDonald's, man. At least here in the states. So. Especially if you're on the highway, yeah. your only options are really fast food, but when you're coming home from a festival, I guess you'll take what you can get. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I just wanted to add before before I had to pay it, I like the way I see it, like, like now at least with the music NFTs, you have like the hardcore fans, and that ex ex exists, of course, in the web too. Like I can be a hardcore Miles Davis fan and have uh, this old vinyl from Miles Davis, but... Uh, at the end of the day, the easiest way to listen to the Miles Davis song is through Spotify. And if we can get that over to Web3 to make it as easy to listen to the music NFTs as it is to listen to Apple Music or Spotify, I think we're on to onboarding a large, uh, the, the bigger audience, so to say. Yeah, I think like, because I... Like when I was a kid, my parents owned baseball card shops and my dad was way into like Elvis and like he had all of this memorabilia and collectible stuff. But when he would listen to Elvis, he never broke out like the LPs of the vinyl or anything. He would always like use his CDs and his tapes and stuff. So it, I, I feel like there's if you can make this work well, there's all of the collectors are also going to be listeners, but all of the listeners are not necessarily going to be hardcore collectors. So it, breaching that that gap there, I think, would be huge for, for the industry. 100%. How far down the line do you think that is, Songs? It's a, it's, it could be a matter of days, actually. We had it working, but it was crashing today. But basically what you need to do is just install... Um, an Alexa skill. So at this moment, uh, up until now, it's only my album available. But the way we see it is to just build it out and add more music and uh, further down the line, add like playlists or even say, hey, Alexa, play me some uh, workout music or play me some relaxing music. Basically, like 99% of the population on this planet are consuming music. I mean, the the nerdy Elvis fans is still just very tiny bit of the people who are consuming music on such different levels. Like when you work out, when you do the dishes, when you do this, when you do that, you listen to different kinds of music. And that's the, I think that's the, the people we need to, to reach in order to make this grow, to be honest. But it's, yeah, it can be any day. This guy Prism, he's working really hard to make it work and i think if he nails nails it it will be like it will be a revolution for him to be the first to actually be able to to straight off from alexa being able to listen to nft music and uh, hopefully siri and add those things to uh later it'd be really cool no that's incredibly exciting for the entire space i mean 
the fact that you can, because right now it's really hard to play your, uh, unless you you know download it and add it to an MP3 player, or maybe uh, download it and add it to your, um, you know, some, to something manually. There's really no way to play the music off of your wallet. So uh, I think that would be a huge, huge step in the right direction for the music side of things. So when you guys, so when you guys mint, uh, or you know, what would you, what would, what advice would you give to people that are trying to become NFT artists in the, you know, play, uh, mint their music if they have music that they've been, you know, st storing away for years, and um, you know that they've created, but they don't know what to do, or they're afraid that you know it's not going to be good enough, or what have you. What would you, what would you say to somebody like that? I would say don't have any expectation and don't be, don't be. I mean, I've been talking to too many depressed, uh, especially musicians during the last month who doesn't uh, really get why people aren't buying their NFTs. So I, I would say just go in with an expectation of zero and try to create, like basically what I've been doing, and I think that's the reason that I've been been just passing to ETH in sales is that I do something uh, that no one else does, which is like, uh, as you know, Chev, I'm, I'm like painting the PFPs, uh, the, the PFP NFTs with the piano. That's quite a unique thing that people like and want to be a whole. No, absolutely. And I think also the fact that you also include like the music clip with it as well is really uh, unique and people can, you know, I mean, it's a short clip, but if somebody wanted to use that for, um, just, you know, their own, their own purposes. More of the Eastern uh, philosophy in the way that life is somewhere in the middle, you're, you're always on 50%. And when something good happens, you're up 100 and you're happy. And when something bad happens, the, the fall isn't uh, as uh, deep, if that makes sense. That's the way I'd like to think of life and I think the Western people usually think that when you're not 100% and super satisfied that is the normal state of mind and that uh, unfortunately isn't the truth well, I, I, I think it makes sense with my uh, decent English <laughs> no that makes total sense and uh, I think you guys will appreciate where I'm recording live from or where I'm uh, hosting this live from I just posted the picture in the channel here but um, I think I'm in the proper setting for this space. And I think too, like that's, that's just good advice for musicians in general. Like I definitely, I don't like make music like you guys do. Is like anybody hearing anything? Yeah, yeah I hear you. Oh, he might not hear us though. Uh, songs, if you can't hear us, uh, just leave and come back. I think you might've been smart enough to figure that one out. Yep. There we go. I'm sure I'll be back. Yep. The rugs, <laughs> the rugs come for everybody eventually. Yeah, no. You can't escape, especially if you're I driving. Know, <laughs> oh, we got HD music joining us. That's beautiful. But yeah, like you guys, you guys actually are like musicians. Like you guys can play pianos and shit. Like I have a, a machine and I, I write like raps. So that's, I, I'm definitely not, I don't consider myself a musician by any stretch. It's just a fun hobby. But I think what he said is super important, not even just for, cats trying to get into like minting music nfts it's just like making music in general like i got into it because it was fun i had zero expectations i still have zero expectations of like doing anything above just putting it out there and people find it they enjoy it that's cool uh, and if i think 
going into any sort of hobby like that, that you want to take that next step further, like setting yourself up to like not have these super high expectations that like, oh, I'm going to drop a single and it's going to hit and Dre's going to call me up and M's going to scoop me up in the in the caddy like it, that. That shit doesn't happen these days. You know, it barely happened back in the day. And it definitely now with with how much more content is being created out there you know because anybody can make music now you know i I bought this machine studio for like a couple hundred bucks off my friend and now i have like eight albums that i've made with it you know like it's it's so much easier now to do that and i think coupling that with nft tech and being able to it's it's almost like what people try to do with patreon you know where they like put these milestones out and they're like, if you support me making this thing, then you'll get like this other cool stuff. It's like an easier way that you have more control over doing it via NFTs, I think, because you can have all of these snapshots taken and see who your holders are and be able to like interact with them in new ways. And I think I don't, we haven't no, really scratched 100%. the surface of what this can do. A hundred percent. And I mean, when you're, and the, uh, and also let, let me allow uh, HD HD Music to introduce himself as well. He's he was the first musical artist uh, to mint songs on uh, OmniFlix, and he's got about uh, if I remember correctly, well, there's 120 uh, 120 on there, but there's various editions of some of them. But uh, HD Music, we had you on last week, if you or two weeks ago. Uh, if you could just reintroduce yourself to everybody, and then uh, Stakepile, please also do the same. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Witsy. Um, my collection's called HD Music, and um, yeah, I'm a composer, uh, a musician, multi-instrumentalist, um, into all things groovy, um, and also beautiful things, too. <laughs> Mostly into the groovy things recently. Um, that includes like jazz, funk fusion, and um, techno and house music and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's um, I've been kind of exploring recently, like trying to give people the rights not not the intellectual property, but the right to use the intellectual property being my music when they own the NFTs. And um, yeah, just been playing around with, you know, how, how I could make a more solid system for, you know, collecting royalties right now. It's kind of vague with, uh, with the Web3 system, you know, what, what will be the standard, you know, but um it's something I'm really excited about, especially since it kind of through decentralization takes the power away from a lot of these uh, large agencies. And um, yeah, it's something I'm really excited about in general. Just uh, Web3 is a, a cool thing. Absolutely. Um, and your your music is very unique. It's got, um, you know, and you, you do like very innovative things, especially I love that that drum that you created um that's like one of the coolest things i've ever seen if you can you can you like briefly talk about how you made that thing because that thing is really cool yeah sure i mean um there what it's called it's called an udu drum and it's spelled udu it's actually uh one of the oldest instruments uh coming from west africa that we have like historic records of because you know ceramics last uh as long as you don't drop them and um <clears throat> yeah it's basically a ceramic vase that you slap it has a hole in the side and it makes a really cool sound i don't have one with me right this sec but it sounds like boom it's like a you've definitely heard it before sometime um is and, it kind of uh, like a talking drum how it changes pitch when you squeeze it or it's different than that uh it is different it's uh it has a 
the pitch depends on like your placement of your hands but if you do a certain movement it will always make a similar pitch um but no it's not like a talking drum no but um anyway how i make it is uh i i mean it's quite simple honestly you take a ball like a you could take a rubber ball um and you cover it in clay and then you get put a neck on it cut cut out the hole and then slowly deflate the ball because as clay dries it uh becomes smaller um so you just uh i i stick like a, a needle in the plastic ball and slowly let that air go away and uh you you you're left with like a, a nice round instrument, which is important for uh, good acoustics. That's that's fascinating. I, I would really, I would, I honestly would like to buy one. Uh, so, in, in the event that you do decide to mint physical uh, ob, uh, physical drums, uh, you got a customer in me, and I think Songs also agreed that he would uh, be, be down to purchase one because I've never I've never seen something like that. It's almost like a like a bongo slash like uh, timbal. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to play for sure. And uh, most people, you know, they hear that and they're like, they're gravitated to it. So it's fun to bring to like, you know, house parties and stuff. I don't know, I'm in a really hippie area in Colorado. So uh, <laughs> house parties are like that, but maybe not for every every occasion. And Stakepile, uh, did you have a question for somebody or did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, no, no, no question. Um, actually, I do have a question uh, for some of the musicians out there, but um, yeah, this is Ben um, from Stakepile. We also have a collection. Um, we'll have a couple of collections uh, on Omniflix. Uh, the, the most recent one is the Clans uh, of Cosmos. Uh, and uh, we still got to do the, uh, the, the, uh, the drawing, uh, the free raffle drawing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll post that out on, on Discord um, for the free raffle drawing. Um, uh, it's been a, f- a few weeks, so I'll tally up all the folks that's been uh, attending in the last few weeks, and uh, we'll randomly pick one person from there. But uh, just to, I'm, I'm glad that I jumped on today, um, uh, and and just listening to you guys talk about the music NFT because our next collection, uh, one of our next two collections, is uh, music related to, and uh, we were planning to syndicate it out on TuneCore, and then um, that way, you know, the the people can listen to the music via just like the regular channel like spotify and apple music and, and so on um but you know listening to i think song of eden talking about alexa skills uh, uh earlier uh yeah that got me curious as well so uh, i'm curious to to learn about you know what uh what you guys use there to to get that skill on on alexa and, and you know to be able to play the song because we we were looking at TuneCore to syndicate that out and and uh you know be able to 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 make the music widely available to to folks yeah there's not a whole lot of options i mean you can go like the cd baby route or the distro kid if you want to pay per month or whatever and then yeah like you said TuneCore, obviously Bandcamp if you just want something simple that doesn't necessarily put it out on the different platforms that's just something for like i kind of use it for like the mixed tapey stuff and then my actual albums i'll spend the money to have a, a cd baby release proper and i i just saw the picture chad where where are you at man that studio looks cool i'm sorry which picture uh the oh, one the, the posted on, on uh yeah. on, on that page right now oh i think that's jeff yeah, I was just asking him if that was like his house or what. Like he's got a cool little studio going on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, playing no, some that's, music. No, that's I'm actually in the lobby of a hotel in uh, New York City right now. 
and I just I was looking for a quiet space to go and I found this little doorway and it led to a uh, I guess like this is like the the like small little like jazz club or nightclub that they have here and there's just a whole musical setup there so I figured it was a nice spot to do the space from uh, okay hell yeah that's awesome I, I thought that was something you were like doing for for a gig or something that, that's cool though Sorry about that. Um, someone just tried to kick me out of here, so <laughs> I'm gonna have to find a different quiet spot to do that from. But um, it, it fit well in, in the in the 30 minutes that I was able to shoot it from here. Now it would have been better if we had cameras. But in any event, um, I'm, I'm gonna relocate as we do this. So if you could also, one, um, you know, whichever of you guys thinks you can answer it the best or discuss it amongst yourselves as a as a panel for the three minutes while I go and find a new location. Um, your thoughts on the music industry and how um, you know how long adoption will take for NFTs to be kind of the norm, the way MP3s were, um, and in the sense of you know actually getting musical artists to uh, to make it so that they can be found, you know, in the same way that they can on Spotify and on uh, Apple Music and things like that. Because right now, unless you're unless you're a part of the community, you're probably not going to find the the musical artist. You know, I know Songs of Eden. You've been minting on OpenSea a lot uh, prior to minting here with OmniFlix, and I'm sure the, you you found new uh, communities, you know, people to join your community from there. But like, um, you know, unless they know what to look for, it's hard for them to find people. So, how do you think that transition will go, and what do you think will drive it? I think. Uh my perspective is quite different from most of the people in the space. I don't see it like a transition. I see it as an extension, basically. If you if you look at uh, let's say a, a let's say a music consumer or a, a consumer of art, you don't think like, uh, okay, now I'm in Web three buying an NFT, now I'm in Web 2, listening to Spotify, now I'm in Web 1, sending an email. You just do things and you consume things, and I see uh, the NFTs as an extension to, to something you do. You can go and listen on Spotify, and you can uh, buy a piece of art, and you can send an email, and you can cook food, and you just go on with your life. So I, I, I see everything more co that it will coexist up until that day when someone in the what we call the web 3 can come up with a way where it's easier to consume stuff on the web 3 than that it is that what it is on uh, on uh, iTunes or watch a movie on Netflix before we see that day i think no transition will be made except for the collectors of art basically and that's what we have to rely on as music nft producers at this stage like the, the super fan that want to collect something and i think in the long run it has to to be something else basically what one thing could be that you make a song that only exists in web3 which i've been doing like i'm i'm on my second album that i don't release on spotify so that's just first it's a way to just um give something away to my holders as a as a gift basically and uh, the second might be to to onboard some people because i just believe in this so much myself and just show the the possibilities of it so yeah that's the way i see it that's it. everything will coexist and no matter what you call it it's just uh, based on how you consume things
it's kind of funny that we are in this decentralized ecosystem trying to figure out ways to like make shit run like a centralized ecosystem. It's it's kind of like chasing itself almost. You can have all of these easy interactions with these websites, but it's all centralized. It all lives on one server that's probably AWS run or whatever. And I think a lot of it, we kind of discussed this when it comes to just like mass adoption for onboarding and crypto is, is in general, is that everything needs to be seamless behind the scenes. It doesn't need to matter what chain you're on. It doesn't need to matter what protocol you're using because it's all done behind the scenes. And I think once we can get closer to that sort of interaction and experience with these tools and these platforms, then we'll start seeing a lot more uh, of the mass adoption crowd like coming in. Yeah, and I, I agree to what, what was said earlier that um, I think it's it's going to be more of a, uh, not so much a transition, but a, uh, you know, like how, how you consume it. It's kind of like, you know, drinking a Coke, right? You can drink a uh, Coke at a restaurant. You can buy a Coke at the store. Um, you know, you can, uh, um, you know, get a vending machine. Just wh- wherever is convenient for you in whatever format, that's the right format for that time of the day where, where you're consuming it. Um, music is kind of uh, uh, similar uh, like that, but the, it's, it's, it's a complex industry and it has a lot of legacy uh, pieces, uh, both for on the consumer side, which then, you know, you have to think about distribution, how you, how do you syndicate it out and, you know, distribute your music. Um, and then you also have to think on the musician side, like how do you, uh, you know, collect the royalties? How do you, uh, you know, attribute the royalties? How do you pay? Uh, royalties and all that. Um, I, I used to work for the bank that processed the the largest amount of shares of royalties uh, in the U.S. Um, and so, you know, I, I've I've seen that firsthand on that side too. And, you know, attribution and royalties and and all that. Um, but yeah, there, there are two two pieces of it, which is on the consumer distribution side and syndicate, and then on the musician side on the royalties and you know, uh, collection of that. Um, and it, I, I think, you know, with all the current system uh, in place, it's going to be a long, long journey before, you know, uh, a lot of those pieces get moved over. Yeah, they've been around for a long time and they have a lot invested into keeping things the way they are uh, in the models that they have and everything. And having this switch over to putting the power back in, I mean, it's exactly what crypto does, right? It, it banks the unbanked and it tries to, to give everybody equal opportunity at doing what they want to do with their own funds without having to deal with middlemen and everything. And that's kind of like the opposite with the record label. They're like, they want you to have to depend on them to get your word out there, to be able to record all of your your music, which they're kind of, they. I feel like at this point, they've lost that that battle at least. but there's still no substitute really unless you come with your own built-in community like if if like say hypothetically like somebody like a Snoop Dogg or an Eminem or something came in and was like I'm just going to drop this next album as NFT only like they would have zero issues selling it but somebody like me or you like that doesn't have you know this millions and millions of of built-in followers now we run up against that issue of there's so much noise there's not really any curation there's not really any infra in place that like curates all of the stuff and 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 
lays it out for normal people to find in an easy way. Like you said earlier, like you can just go to Spotify or YouTube music or whatever, type in a name and boom, there's the whole discography, you know, like we're going to need a lot of that stuff to be web three compatible or new versions of that stuff to pop up. I also find it interesting that you could take a lot of this smart contract DeFi stuff because a lot of it's time-based and get yields based on a certain amount of time locked. It takes time to create an album. It takes time to create a movie. Uh, you could almost use it in a way that the studio itself is like the, the project and they mint these NFTs and those NFTs allow the artists to do studio time, this and that. And then all of the funds that get put in there get put into these different DeFi protocols that are generating yield while the, the creative process is taking place. And then you have some sort of funds to do things like go on tour and make merch and all of that. And then you also have all of your users there from the people that were interacting with these protocols that you can now tap to be like, hey, merch drop coming. Only holders get this or that or whatever. And again, I mean, it is, it's very similar to like kind of what Patreon does. You know, you can have different goals and milestones that people can pitch in and, and hopefully you get your album funded and they get some, some cool merch or whatever. But I think like there, there's definitely a lot of way that this can go. And it'll be interesting to see if the companies themselves get involved with it or if they scream, oh, it's a scam and try to fight it. Because that'll, they have obviously a lot more lawyer power and funding to be able to fight something like this than like any of us would no i I agree with you guys uh like the the thing is though you know getting people found it takes also you know effort on the musicians part to um you know market themselves and do the right things to build their community um and like i mentioned yesterday um on our friday space we're actually adding something uh, to Omniflix in the next couple of days here that will allow for creators, even if they've never had a community before and they're trying to build a new community around themselves, uh, around their project, whatever it is, there'll be infrastructure in place now that um, allows you to incentivize people to follow you on Twitter, to retweet your tweets, to join your Discord, uh, to do, um, you know, to hold an NFT, incentivize them to hold a particular NFT things that'll you know you can reward them with nfts you can reward them with uh ibc tokens um there's a couple of other ways too that i'm not going to ruin the surprise for but um there's quite a few uh additions that will be made and i'm really excited about that because it's something that we've been working on for uh, a few months now and it's finally just about done and we'll be bringing it out to you uh to you guys in a couple of days here so no i don't want to call it a couple of days but within, if, within the next few days, because I just want, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But um, realistically, it should be in the next couple of days. We'll call it no later than Friday. If you if you guys could uh, possibly like talk about how you how you guys, uh, Maestro, did you have a question? You can feel free to come on. I just request to speak, and I'll, I'll accept you to come up. And Sleek, uh, sorry, I didn't see you there. How would you uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, guys. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Happy Sunday. Ah, oh, happy Sunday to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, my question is not uh really concerning the topic here. I'm just uh curious to know why some of the uh tweets, you know, in I mean uh Omniflix uh 
uh, you know, official accounts, why some of the tweets are, uh, the comment sections are locked. So I'm just curious to know, you know. That is a very good question. Uh, I've tried to turn that off uh, so that it uh, it's not that way. Because uh, I know what you're talking about. It only allows people that follow Omniflix or that Omniflix follows to comment on it, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can tell me how to shut that off, I will shut that off right now because uh, I do not like that it is that way and it shouldn't be that way. Um, and I haven't been able to figure out how to turn that particular option off. So if you can guide me to where, uh, where in the settings I go to do that, I will happily turn it off right now. Let me, let me, let me check it out. I'm sorry? Yeah, let me, let me just check it out then direct you on what to do. Yeah, if you could do that, I'll, I'll fix that right now. I have, there's no um, settings for protecting the tweets. So, uh, like, everything looks like it's in order because I've gone through it and I've tried to see what the problem is. Um, but it, it actually, the way it works right now is you have the option when you tweet to set that setting of, you know, wh- whoever sees the tweet or whoever you follow can, can comment on the tweet. But uh, but you can change that setting before you send out the tweet, and sometimes we just forget to change the uh, option on there. But I on our maybe it's because we're, we're like a business account, and that's how it works on a business account. Uh, I'm not sure because I don't have that problem on my personal account. So uh, if you, uh, I, I suppose that we'll reach out to support uh, and see if that's like a universal thing with businesses. Uh, but does anybody else? Do any of you guys have that issue as a creator, like uh, where it's only People that you follow can. Uh, I think you can you can turn it off from your security and assets. Uh, I mean your privacy. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. Yeah, I I think you can turn it off from your uh settings. Then you go to privacy and safety. Then then you go to audience and tagging. Then you see your protect your tweets. Then you off it. Yeah, I have that off. You have it off? Yep. Uh I think maybe maybe once you tweet another uh new uh content then it will turn off, I guess. Because you know the the, the reason why I'm worried is because so many people will think uh yeah, you know, they normally have these uh this instinct that uh people that have uh you know intention of scamming people are the one turning off comments you know they'll think so, because they only want the people that they want to re- to reply to reply yeah exactly i understand 100 percent. you're 100 percent correct uh um, yeah and i definitely don't want that to be the impression uh that yeah either because uh obviously we are not you know we are not that uh we're a legitimate community with uh creators and uh and artists that you know we want to build and grow so thank you for bringing that to our attention and uh i'm going to if anything reach out to support and see if we can't fix that because i'm not i've I've noticed that in the past and i just haven't been able to figure out how to fix it so i try to remember when i post something off of the because i'm uh, we a few of us from the team post off of the uh, the omniflix account and when i do it i try to remember to switch that off okay okay so i appreciate yeah. you. Uh, I'll, I'll, 
Yeah, I've been I've been following this project for long now. You guys are doing well. Kudos to you guys. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. We appreciate the support. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Um, I I wanted to ask. Um, I have a question for the for the artist. Um, I jumped in early, and um, unfortunately, I have to go. And I wanted to come in and ask uh, this question before I before I leave. Uh, from my understanding, um, I don't have an Alexa, but I guess you connect it right, and and then you just ask Alexa to play music, right? Any song and it'll play it. But when you own an NFT, uh, the, you should be able to, there should be like a QR code, right? Where you, where you scan the QR code to, to verify that you are the owner of that NFT. How, how is that process going to work? That if you own that NFT, Alexa is going to be able to play the music. Well, I can, I can answer that uh, as good as, as possible. I'm not the developer of this tool, but basically the NFT itself is, just an image in my case it's my new album and then it's connected to something called darkblock.io which i am using for uh, uh, my live performances and uh, and the other um, uh, music album i released so basically only the holders can access those perks so to say but the next step is to to connect uh, alexa through darkblock and we're working on that, on that. We haven't really, really nailed it 100% yet. But basically what you're doing is that you add a skill to Alexa, telling it to, to open that specific album and basically just say, hey, hey Alexa, play this or that on, uh, on the Web3 uh, music app. And uh, it worked yesterday, but today it crashed. So it's still in, be in uh, beta, but once it's... Uh, rolled out it will be a pretty cool feature so that's uh, basically how it works you have to manually add the skill but you get it from an email from from um, your your uh, alexa and alexa adds the skill itself and then what you have to to uh, connect with the uh, wallet once and once that's done it's connected forever and you can just uh, play the music uh, whenever you feel like doing so Okay, I understand. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, that, that's really exciting technology right there, man. I think that'll be a game changer because, you know, like one, right, right now, I guess the only way to get your, you know, music that you buy as an NFT, um, you know, you download it and then add it to your MP3 player maybe or to your, um, I guess I don't, I don't really use Apple Music or any of those kinds of things. I typically just, I'm, I'm listening on SoundCloud. Um, but for people that don't know what how you can get like uh nft that you purchase into your listening library on one of those platforms is there any way to do that i know some of you on spotify and you're on a couple of other um streamer uh, streaming platforms but uh you know how do you, how do you get on there yeah i can do a little bit to that um you can get on you can syndicate your music out on like spotify and apple uh like all the the major um you know distribution platforms if you go through TuneCore, for example that's that's one example um but there there are there are a few other examples too uh the the thing with that is that you need to pay um uh, like uh, they have different models. They have different pay, payment models. You can pay per song, or you can pay like you know one-time fee or a subscription, and so on like that. So uh, for 
for a lot of the musicians, you know, that that could be a blocker for them, you know, if they if they don't want to pay that, you know, because basically now, now you got to like make the payment up front, right? And uh, and hope that your music reached the, the right audience that, that you want it to reach. There, there is a, a free one, or at least it was free, called Amuse. It's a Swedish uh, distributor. Amuse dot, dot something. Just search for Amuse and you will find it. I think the, the negative side is that they don't... Uh, they distribute to as many platforms, but they do distribute to the big ones with like Apple Music and Deezer and Spotify and Amazon and, and Pandora and so forth. But there is a few other ones in like a middle in the Middle East and so forth that they don't uh, distribute to as far as I know. But that one is free. I was using that myself uh, before I switched to DistroKit. But, so that's something you can start with if you don't want to pay. I hope I'm not lying that they don't have start to charge, but uh, two years ago they didn't. So, yeah. What, what was it? What is it called again? Uh, Amuse. A M U S E. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Let's check it out. We got a question for uh, all the musicians on here since uh, this call got so many musicians. Um, you know, th this is kind of an interesting uh, uh, dilemma or challenge, right? You with nft for music um because nft plays really nice for for art right because you know the, the way that people consume nft they they're on a computer they're on their phone you know it's visual they can see it um it, so it, it nft plays really well for art for music it's a, a bit trickier because music you know is something that you listen the way that you consume is you listen to it uh, and so uh you know for in terms of distribution, either you can have like your NFT, which is kind of uh, uh, you can lock it, or you know, like uh, uh, put a, a a block on it where only the owner gets to listen to the music, or or, or you know, you can distribute it all like widely, and then the owner will get some uh, other rights to the music. Like, what do you guys think about you know how NFT and music? plays together it ha it has to to be something more than just the music in order for people to i think it's an uh, an investment like all nfts at this stage or at least 99 percent. i don't think people were, are trading uh let's say um crypto punks because they love the art and i think the same goes with music and for me too i think the reason I've been doing quite well in the NFT space is mainly because people believe it's it, it's a potential future investment, not because they hopefully hopefully they like the music too, of course. But I think that's the the main reason for people buying an NFT. It's, it's the, the possibility for it to to increase in value over time. I would say because what and especially with music too. Uh, music NFT is what we're competing with with the 60,000 songs per day uploaded onto Spotify for like what 10 bucks a month so that's uh, the you can call me uh, realistic or pessimistic it's either way but I think that's that's the the way it is at this stage I think for me it was more 
I was interested in being able to do more with the music. And I, I always liked looking at like old album covers and album art and stuff. And that was kind of something I feel like I lost touch with when we like I, I was an early Google Music beta user. And so like I just uploaded all of my libraries and my friends library, like I uploaded all the music I could to that thing when it was free. And like you kind of lose that whole digging through the book and the jacket and looking at all the different arts and, and all of the comments that the, the artists would leave for people and the Easter eggs, like fun stuff like that. And so I always thought it would be cool to be able to do your NFTs kind of, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chris Webby. Uh, he does this thing called Webby Wednesday, where every Wednesday he would put out a new song and each song had this iconogra I iconography, I iconography, <laughs> fuck, I can always say that word. Uh, it had this cool like icon with it. And I, when I first saw that, I was like, man, that would be a really cool thing to do with like NFTs because you could have a different piece of art for each song, but then you could go one step further and say, like, at least for me, the, the songs I make are generally all the same as far as like, it's a beat with two verses, some scratching, some record stuff in it, you know, samples, whatever. And so I wanted to do a verse that had a piece of art that went to it and then a link that would take you to the full album and do one of those for each song for the album. And then on top of that, try to figure out a way to do some cool like shirts and stuff and merch with the art that's that's on each track. But I don't, for me at least, it's more of just like something extra for like the hundred or so people that listen to my music and, and some of them are into NFTs. So I just thought it would be like something fun to do and something different because I've been just doing kind of the same thing, like make a song, make an album, release it on CD Baby and then make more beats and then do it again. So this kind of, for me at least, was like a, a fun way to to break up the monotony of, of doing that and uh exploring a new medium in a way there, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with omniflix with secret with stargaze i mean there's so many options and and you could go to fully multi-chain and just like cover all of the different communities there and like turn some people onto your music absolutely for me like um like at first i want my, my original idea was that well, my name is Witsy Diaz. So I, I took the acronym. I was like, HD Music. What can I do with that name? I was like, oh, I could sell some samples. And so um, I was like on wax originally trying to like sell samples and give away samples. And it's funny, actually, the, the best I did marketing wise was giving them away for free. And people were loving the music and just like, you know, people weren't trying to resell it. Like it was it was funny. It was like and then once I started adding utility and trying to make something more realistic out of it that's when like people got less interested kind of <laughs> it's, it's funny but um yeah so like it started off for me just like trying to uh to give away my music for free um get the music out there even sell some samples collaborate with other artists and it was that was actually doing really well um then once i like started to realize oh, okay i could give some utility i thought okay i can give i can sell the right to use these samples and eventually my own music, it came to that. Um, but um, so, yeah, I, I was thinking that should be like the utility that I go for. Some people I saw were like selling the right to their royalties on music, which I really didn't like the idea of that. Like I was like, you know, it's already hard enough to even make a dime as a musician. Like, why would you want to give away the rights to your royalties? So I was, uh, yeah, just trying to figure out like a realistic way to go about this and um for me at the time you know i was still happy to give away the music so 
that's what I was doing. Um, and uh, you're right, like visual aspects definitely do sell much better. So once I discovered that, that's when I got onto Cosmos. I, when I started like building stuff uh, originally on uh, Secret Network and then OmniFlix, um, I started making like visualizers and uh, augmented artwork out of photography that I had made and stuff. It's kind of as like an album cover, but for every single I came out with, you know, so... I kind of felt like that added another element of interest. Um, and, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Like, how do you integrate this? Um, for, like for me, it was free. The ability on OmniFlix, especially to upload such large files was very uncommon compared to other, um, marketplaces for NFTs. So I felt like, Oh wow, I can actually truly upload high quality versions of my music here um and which is what really drew me to omniflix and also the ability to split royalties um like built in without having to you know give an extra profit to someone else you know it's pretty cool yeah and that's uh the other thing too that and i appreciate you guys mentioning that um but the other thing too is it gives you the ability to even split those royalties up um and you can you can pick your own royalty you know you can decide if you want to do like penetration pricing if you're a new artist and set your price points at like you know if maybe five 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 dollars or ten dollars and then have a higher royalty on future sales of your work um or if you wanted to and if you, if you have multiple collaborators let's say you know songs of eden and hd music make a, co a, co a collaborative song you guys can split the royalties up uh, directly through the platform, and then so it's already baked into the contract. So every time uh, you know something gets sold, your portion goes to you know songs gets his portion, and HD Music gets his his portion. Uh, so it's built for you know co collaborative efforts as well, and you know we, that's what we you know we're trying to uh, are trying to form here is a, a place where artists can come and you know meet each other and and make art together. I think for me, that's a really super interesting aspect to it, just because I have like this deep seated distrust of like any authoritarian figure or like record label sort of thing. And to be able to remove the humans from that and in turn in its place, put this like smart contract trustless system in place that like you just kind of trust the code at that point and say that, all right, like we know that nobody's going to try to like screw us out of anything because it's already hard coded in. It was already agreed upon. All we have to do now is make the art and the smart contract will do the rest as far as like the business end of, you know, splitting up all of that stuff, which I think is super cool for, especially someone like me that doesn't like it, it is just a fun hobby. And if, if I can have an easy way to avoid having to deal with anything on that end and just have like a few buttons to click and like, put in the wallet addresses, give, you know, angel protocol, their 1%, give whoever else their percent and then call it good. Like, I, I think that's huge. Absolutely. And uh, just, I guess this is a good point, a good time to mention it, but I'm going to be releasing some of my uh, piano music that I've been creating over the last few years. I, I started playing the piano when I was four years old, played until I was 13. Uh, and then, then, and then it was more like a job than a, than uh activity that i did 
Uh, so I took about 15 years off and then I picked it up again a few, a few years back and um, I put a few songs up on SoundCloud, but I'm going to airdrop a song to every single person that has interacted with OmniFlex technology uh, through yesterday. Uh, either whether you've minted something, whether you've purchased something, whether you've uh, you know connected your wallet and participated in a testnet, uh, any interaction with OmniFlex over the last uh, from you know from inception through yesterday, you'll be getting a free airdrop of um, of my first song that I'll be minting on OmniFlex here in the next week or so. Uh, I got to talk to the devs and see how, how we're going to do that, but uh, I just wanted to give that away, everybody. That's as, awesome. As a token hey. of appreciation. Quick question for you. I know you're you're usually the one doing the interviewing, but like, what was that like coming back to it after so long? Because like, I used to play guitar a lot when I was a kid, and then I stopped. Like you, like I just kind of lost interest in it, and like I've tried to pick it up again, and I can remember a few things, but it's very difficult for me. Like I've been out of it that long. Like so, for you going back to the piano, like did you just kind of sit back down and you're like Mozart again, or like how how did that go? Well, it, it was weird because like the reason that I grew to hate it was because, you know, I was I was trained classically. Um, you know, my, my, my background is uh, I'm Cuban and Italian and my teacher was like a very strict older Cuban lady. And she would just make me like play, you know, like the Floralise or the Tarantella or whatever song that she wanted me to like memorize. And I'd have to memorize these songs and then go and go to Carnegie Hall once a year to play in front of judges from Texas that they made like a huge deal out of for me to pass to like the next grade level, so to speak of, um, of piano. I don't know songs. Maybe you can relate to how that works. Um, uh, or HD music. You can maybe relate to how that works. I don't know, but it's, uh, it was just like, I had to memorize every song that I was playing. And then it just became like a chore because my, you know, my, my mom wouldn't let me go out and play with my friends until I, uh, until I finished practicing for the day. And I just, I, at one point I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I started crying and I quit. Um, and then I picked it up again when I was probably 29 or 30. And I just, I downloaded a piano app on my tablet and I just started playing on there. and it was like i would just you know i would just start playing and then eventually but but then i decided like uh, sometimes i would play something that sounded like pretty good so i just i started recording everything that i played and then once i like start playing then i'll like catch on something and i'll like i'll find a hook that like works and then i go from there and then it just kind of like turns into a song so like everything that i play or everything that i've made is me just like kind of freelancing and then at some point it like turns into something like that i think is good and then i like work on that piece and try to like improve it and then sometimes i end up like completely screwing it up and butchering it other times i ended up i you know i end up uh making something that i that i like and the the i think there's three or four that i've put up on soundcloud that uh, I've have made it to the actually like, you know, you know like I, that I'm comfortable releasing and saying, this is like, you know, this is at least decent and representative of my, um, my musical abilities and something that I think people would, uh, enjoy listening to. So, but it was, it was definitely, uh, it was, it was, it's, it's different playing music that you want to play or that you're playing yourself or that you create yourself versus playing um music that you're forced to memorize 
Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I had piano lessons when I was a kid, and I, I vaguely remember it because I was so young. But all I do remember is my hands constantly not being in the right posture and the lady coming and like yelling at me about it. And then I would adjust. She'd go away and then I'd play and my hands will start hurting. So I'd move them and she'd come back. Yeah, very, very. Uh, it's a lot more fun when you just get to sit down and do like what you want to do and, and make the stuff you want to make for sure. No, and the other thing is too, you know, I've met people that were were trained uh, like in college classically um, to, you know, to play music. And I, I didn't know what the circle of fifths was or whatever that, whatever that is. Um, you know, I didn't know how to play something in D flat or D minor or, you know, whatever. All I knew was do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's it. And as I, and like, as you go, as you go across the piano, it was just like, I would do this, I would play the scales and I was just, I was never taught like that classic, that, that classic, uh, way of teaching, which I guess is customary in music school. Um, so I, like when somebody was, was telling me, uh, how to let that do changes and sometimes do can be the second key instead of the first key uh, that blew my mind. I can relate guys. Uh, yeah, just to get back to that NFT question that you had a little bit earlier. Um, I was just going to remind us all that we're still in such the baby stages of this whole web three revolution that we should just keep in mind about future integrations with, um, you know, obviously games and, um, the metaverse. I don't know if you guys already said that, but yeah. And uh, yeah, if you could, I'm sorry, uh, can you introduce yourself and uh, just tell us like more, more about yourself? Sure. My name's Crystal Kali. Um, as far as music goes, I graduated from the Musicians Institute about oh, 13, 14 years ago now um, as a guitar player. Uh, my 15 minutes of fame was playing for blues legend guitar shorty. Um, who passed away this year at the age of 87 after a 70-year-long career. Um, and now, yeah, I'm doing uh, teaching and some different business stuff. Uh, I started getting into crypto. I founded Crypto Labs. Um, I think there's actually two or three different crypto labs, which I did not know at the time. <laughs> I might have to change the company name, but yeah, I, I founded that. And um, we're just still in the baby stages of like probably a good hundred different projects. Um, so the NFT space and music, um, I feel like is gonna, is gonna really depend on us as musicians to how that's going to actually look. You know, I really like how you guys noted the fact that NFTs are so visual. And I remember thinking that same thing about Instagram when it first came out. Um, Instagram came out when I was already, uh, probably, Oh, I don't know, 20, 24, 25 or something like that. And, um, you know, I remember becoming really frustrated that nobody cared about listening anymore. All anybody cared about was, you know, looking at these pictures and scrolling through pictures and looking at butts and, you know, nobody cares about what it actually sounds like anymore. And, and nobody cares if, you know, they're listening to their, their songs on shitty iPhone speakers. Nobody cares about audio quality anymore. Um, you know, I was so focused on being frustrated. <laughs> that I failed to realize that I was supposed to be the one in the driver's seat telling the the public what to do and how to interact with Instagram as, you know, music buyers. So I think we have to just keep in mind that that's our job right now. And it's definitely not easy. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. 
No, that's great advice. Uh, what kind of music do you play? Um, yeah, so I started out kind of just being a session musician just from going to school for that. So I was backing up anybody who would pay me. So I did a lot of blues, jazz, cover bands. I did top 40 cover bands where I played, you know, I Love Rock and Roll 500 times to a bar full of about 20 people who did not care about my band at all. Um, did that for years and years. And then started branching out into pop, kind of like edgy pop production under a handle called Tragic Star. Um, but uh, yeah, I got back into blues just from playing with Guitar Shorty for the past seven years. And now I'm pretty much kind of in that. I'm, I'm now more focused on that, um, that whole community, the blues and jazz community. Awesome. Um, and so now have you minted uh, songs uh, on what, like what, what platforms have you used for minting in the past? So, so far, I've only really messed around with OpenSea and SoulSea. Um, mostly because I'm kind of focused on trying to develop my own projects with that. But as far as NFTs for music goes, I haven't actually minted any of my music for NFTs, um, mostly because honestly, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what to do with it and what's the best way to, to move forward, you know, because I found that one negative side of decentralization is I've messed around with a couple of things in the past, uh, not, not music NFTs, but other things. And then I couldn't undo it. And, you know, there's no, you know, on some of these platforms, you can't undo what you did. You, you know, you make a mistake and you're like, no, 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 no. And then that's it. And there's no, you know, there's no support. You try to go to discord and, you know, God knows if anybody's even going to see your message or your question. So I'm a little bit hesitant on it until I, you know, get a very, Full, better picture of what exactly I'm I'm doing the best way to move forward, and um, you know I'm in no rush. I'm 37 at this point, so I'm not I'm not you know rushing into anything. I'll I'll take a year or two and just kind of sit back and see what's happening first, and then make some decisions. Well, I, I hope you'll definitely consider uh, minting with Omniflix and maybe uh, HD Music or uh, songs you can. Uh, since I know songs you've uh, minted on OpenSea quite a bit. Um, if you could maybe shed some light on, you know, the difference between there and minting with Omniflix or HD Music, uh, if you've minted on OpenSea, if you have any insights there as well to share with her, uh, that would be awesome. Actually, I've only yeah, minted. Have... Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I was going to just say I've only minted on Rarible on the Ethereum blockchain. And I mint that uh, OpenSea is actually my own smart contract, so. Uh... But uh, I, I really like the Omniflix experience. Looks really good, and uh, it's easy to mint and so forth. And 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 also, I want to add that uh, I really love uh, your mindset there about. I mean, the, the worst thing we can do is sit down and be bitter if it's Instagram or whatnot. You just have to to adjust, and uh, I, I mean, it, it won't help. Instagram won't shut down because we're pissed on Instagram, so to say. So I think that's exactly the mindset. You just have to find your own uh, own way in your own space and uh, do what you believe in and uh, try new angles. And uh, yeah, just 
make people curious about uh, your project. I think that's what, what I wanted to add. But uh, as far as, as it goes with Omniflix, I have uh, nothing but good to say about uh, the whole interface and the whole experience. So that's a good recommendation. Go, go Chev. That's what I wanted to say. That's a new <laughs> slogan, right? <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, no, but I think, uh, Crystal, you, um, you know, at, at the very least, you know, if, if you'd like a walkthrough of the platform, I'm happy to give you one um, and show you the different features and tools that we have available for creators. Not only, um, not only is there the ability to, um, to mint your music, you can actually mint it directly to people's wallets. If you run like a competition or something, you can mint it right to their wallet. You can uh, do quite a bit. We also have a platform called OmniFlix TV which uh, allows you to create interactive videos, or if you wanted to create like a music video to go along with your songs, uh, you can do that. Uh, songs of Eden actually created a beautiful um, little 30 second clip for a project that we're doing to raise money for ALS uh, with, uh, with former MLB all-star uh, all pitcher, Kurt Schilling. Um, and he put together a little uh, song piece for that to to, uh, to help people pick which song would be in the background of the NFT that's animated. Uh, and we have that up on Omniflix TV as well right now. Um, so like you can do a lot with uh, with our with our technology. And right now it's free for everybody to use. So um, you know there's quite a bit out there, and we also have a platform called Nucleus, which will allow you to host all of your digital content in a way that's kind of like uh, a Netflix layout. So you could have all of your songs and break them down by category or genre. Um, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that we're building, and we haven't even launched our token yet because uh, our vision or our view on things is it's better to build the technology and have a use case for the token when it comes out rather than what most pe most communities do and they launch their token and then they build the infrastructure behind it to try to support it and then by the time it's built the community's dead so uh we kind of took the opposite approach and um you know we're building out you know all these all these different dApps that are uh supportive to creators and uh allowing them to help you know build their own communities and um and build sovereign communities which is even more important thank you so much yeah one thing you know that i just can't seem to wrap my head around <laughs> maybe i'm getting old i don't know but the thing is when someone gets their nft uh, you know a music nft i think my biggest concern is playability i think you guys might have been already talking about that earlier i might have caught the, the tail end of that but, you know, uh, an average person, you know, who doesn't know anything about, you know, super deep about tech or music or whatever, you get your NFT, it's in your wallet now, it's in your MetaMask, and it's kind of like, now what? Exactly. Uh, that's, uh, that's exactly what I was saying before. Um, you know, and if you guys want to, you know, touch on that again for her, some, if she uh, missed it. But I agree that that's, that's the biggest, I guess, barrier to entry, or um, if you want to call it that for people that are collectors of the music, then what do you do with it? You know, how do you, um, like, are you going to just go to your wallet to just listen to a specific song that you just bought? Or are you going to go to your Apple music that can, you can put your shuffle on and you don't have to touch it again. One thing that's really cool about that is just like, you know, your wallet is accessible from almost any device, as long as you have your private keys. So, <clears throat> what that really means that's exciting for me anyway is like 
you can use any user interface you would like to access your music. Um, of course, it's accessible through the Omniflix um, UI, but like if, if someone else came up with a UI you preferred, um, looks cooler. I, like I personally use this one UI for like all my staking, which looks like Minecraft, like, and it has all the Cosmos uh, staking airdrops that I have received, and I can claim them all with a click of one button. And, uh, you know, I don't use it every time. Sometimes I check, go to the actual websites and stuff. But anyway, it's cool. It's like, um, if it's, if it's like on the web three, on a blockchain, it's pretty much accessible from anyone's UI. And Finn, you might be a good person to, uh, to chime in here. You know, I know you have, you record every space in the cosmos pretty much. And I know you have, uh, you know, some, some music on there. Can you kind of talk about how you um you know how you see this issue um progressing or how do you see it being resolved yeah i think i think like they said the important thing once it's all sorted out is that everything lives on chain and what that means is that you can utilize various different interfaces to access and to manipulate that information that's there you know like the a lot of people that are new they don't really understand that like the tokens are not in your wallet like the wallet is simply an interface to the blockchain where it interacts with that information utilizing your keys so like when they say like oh i i, I all of my tokens are in my wallet they they feel like they're actually in there and they're really not and so that's i think for me at least one of the cool things about it is that it gives this opportunity and this potential for things that we probably don't even we're not even thinking about right now right because we're so early in this game and we're just trying to get the basics covered which have already been covered probably three or four times now in in the scheme of of humans making music and, and doing things you know from like eight tracks and magnetic tape to to vinyl wax and everything and like i feel like we're kind of not necessarily repeating those same steps but we're we're finding a new medium of sorts and we we still i don't think fully grasp like what this technology is really like what its killer use is going to be yet but right now what we're doing is trying to make it fit to things that we're used to so like when when you said that like omniflix is building this cool interface to have all of your digital collectibles on and stuff like that that hits me because that's like something I, I use like Google Drive to like look at all my NFTs because there isn't one spot that I can go across multiple chains. I mean, TFM and we're getting some aggregation happening and, and whatnot, but it's not quite there yet. So I just like I have a Google Drive folder literally that I can access from my phone or my computer that just like has folders of different chains and different NFT projects. And that's how I go look at that shit. But once once we get past like these individual siloed kind of things that are being created and, and get more into, all right, here's all of this cool data. Like what can we really do with it? I, I think that's when we'll really start seeing like, and between that and like AI, like how fast that AI shit has grown. I think that AI is going to show us shit that we never even thought of, you know, and then we're going to kind of run with that. And, and that'll be really interesting. But yeah, as far as music, I think right now, like for how early it is, it's a really good time to experiment to kind of get a vibe of the different chains and their different communities because each one's kind of got its own thing going on. 
and just kind of grow as an artist. You know, that that's pretty much all I've been doing is just recording people's spaces and, and trying to just like do art and, and live. Thank you, man. Thank you for that. Um, so like the music that you have uh, at the end of the spaces and at the beginning of the spaces, um, where does that come from? Is that your music or is that music from uh, just random NFT? Yeah, that's all. No, that's all my stuff. I just made a quick intro and outro for uh, the the ether, which is what I call all of the spaces going. Because when I first started this, Twitter Spaces wasn't enabled recording for every account, so a lot of spaces would get lost. So I would like record them, archive them, and now it's just kind of turned into this thing. But one part about making my own music that I really liked is that I can now use my library of you know five or six albums worth of just. I mean, it's all just rap music and a little techno, but I can use that and use it in the production of these different podcasts and shows and not have to worry about getting like DMCA notices and shit because I use somebody's song and they're like, oh, you can't use my fucking song in, in this thing that you're giving away for free or anything like that. So, yeah, that, that's all just stuff from my back catalog. Like every rap song at the end of every space you guys hear is all me. I uh, made the beats on the machine. My brother made some of the beats, depending on what album it's from. And yeah. I just they found a good utility in capping each episode because I sometimes people like they'll be doing something and they listen to these spaces and the space ends and then you know there's just silence but now you got like a tune to kind of play you out and let you know that I like, all right this is over come kick on the next one but yeah HD music what's up <clears throat> hey guys I'm gonna have to head on out somewhat soon but I just wanted to mention one thing I'm really excited about. Um, I've got it pinned on my page, actually. It's a whole uh, podcast between um, a few of the Cosmos people and a few of the uh, Komodo people from the, both platforms. What's really cool about it is, well, you know, Cosmos already has interoperability with like EVM, like Ethereum virtual machine. Um, it has compatibility with its own sovereign chain, the Cosmos hub, uh, Tendermint consensus. But now Komodo has the ability to communicate with all UTXO chains and is also compatible with EVM. Um, so through that, like there's now a partnership happening with Cosmos and Komodo. So I am imagining quite sure within a short period of time, I would give it half a year. We'll probably hear some big news, but I bet Cosmos is going to be fully UTXO compatible as well, which is huge because that's like, EVM and UTXO together encompasses almost all the chains except for really weird uh, consensus algorithms, maybe like Hedera Hashgraph. And like, you know, there are some of them won't encompass, but still that, that's probably like more than 90% of what all chains are on. So it's, it's really exciting. Just means you could have your music accessible on, on any platform. Yeah, that's super cool. I think that's one of the other things that I'm super excited about is with everything being so decentralized it's kind of like instant backups of all your stuff so like you have all your art up here and you could put it in a couple buckets on like google drive and in dropbox or whatever you use but to really have like pieces of it spread across like this blockchain and these different networks it it, it reminds me of like torrents and how, how that works kind of like taking pieces of everything and spreading it out through uh, all of the the storage uh, but being able to utilize that tech to store like your your discography 
or like all of your art pieces like that to me is really cool especially because I'm, I'm into like archiving and, and keeping these spaces up so I'm always like interested in any way I can like make a copy and put it somewhere else you know so that it can it, it can live on and be there if I need it uh, for any reason no absolutely and I think the way that what you're doing there, by the way, is incredibly beneficial of historically for the community and for you know people that want to, that are eventually going to look back and uh, and look at the space, you know. And right now, there's you know regula- regulatory issues that are ongoing and all, all this crap. But uh, I think people are going to look back, and then you'll you're going to be remembered as the person that was essentially like the scribe for the cosmos and beyond. Um, by recording all this in the, this uh, content, because it's it, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of value in it, and, and people will look back at it, and I'm sure they'll find you know ways to repurpose it and use it in, uh, for different for different ways. Um, so hey, why not uh, put, pop them up on Omniflix and let people use it for um, to create you know a content pool. And you have all your space, all the spaces, you know, that'll be a a really nice content pool to have. So people can kind of filter through and check out all the stuff. Especially too, because it's like right at the precipice of like all of this deep fake tech and everything. And like, I probably have the last set of like real humans talking, (laughs) like before we get into this crazy, like uh, this merge or whatever that's happening. I'm basically the Samuel Tarley here, just like keeping track of everything for everybody. If you need a space, you just let me know. I'll show you where it's at. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, if you guys can kind of uh, briefly touch on how um, you know it works right now for a person in the music industry, an artist in the music industry, and let's say you're a new artist and you sign with Sony, how does a particular, how does like a, a typical deal work? You know, as as compared to with Omniflex, if you mint something and sell it, you're owning 99%. Granted, I'm sure Sony gives you distribution and they give you, uh, you know, channels, distri- channels of distribution and and, uh, and exposure and things like that. But how much do you realistically get to keep, you know, of your sales and the money that you make? I just wanted to quickly just wish you all a good night from uh, Sweden. I'm uh, uh, my my pillow is uh, calling my name, so I need to. <laughs> get a few hours of sleep but awesome chat everybody and uh, have a good uh, rest of your space thank you so much for joining Ben. good night man but yeah if um if either of you if any of you guys here um have, have an idea of how that works uh and would, would be able to kind of explain that to the to, uh, to the group you know that would be very helpful yeah you basically just it's like the movie airheads you just like go play your demo for some record guy and then you sign your your life over to them and they fund all of the the creation of the music and then they take all of the money afterwards and if you were not wise and didn't actually take what you got and invested it rather than just you know wasted it on on booze and and everything to make the the music then you know you were kind of shit out of luck and you'd have to hit them up to uh make another album i'm just talking shit i've never actually tried to get a record deal or anything but from what i've seen and the movies i've watched that's kind of how it goes i don't know if anybody here actually has like real experience but i do not i mean I, I've... oh sure go ahead Crystal. yeah i was just gonna say that you know essentially a traditional record deal is just a loan so um you know it's a loan and 
the company needs to be paid back on that loan. And what they do with the money that they lent you is they basically have it in their stewardship. You know, they're, they, they give you a loan, then they go hire out, you know, the marketing company and the social media manager person and the tour manager and the manager and the booking agent or whoever. So, um, you know, essentially, I think that's, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because the point is, like, let's say that the, you know, the music label gives you a a record deal for, let's say the budget is $500,000. Okay, well, you do have to pay that $500,000 first up up front, you know, before pretty much before you're really going to get paid. But the point is that the the good side and the bad side is that what's the chances that you're really going to go get a small business loan yourself for $500,000 when, you know, you're 23 years old and you work at McDonald's or an Uber driver or something, you know? So it's like good and bad. That traditional legacy, um, you know, way of doing things obviously is kind of going the way of the dinosaur. Um, but at the same time, I often think, you know, what, what is replacing that today for so many of us musicians who are sort of somewhere in the middle, you know, we're not, you know, we're not living, sleeping in a car, hopefully, but at the same time, we're not playing Madison Square Garden, like where, and that's, you know, the 99.9% of all of us are somewhere in that middle where, you know, we have maybe a tiny following, medium-sized following, you know, somewhere in there. But I think most of us, you know, most of, most of us definitely probably have to have some kind of other income source. And so all of those traditional models still kind of hold true in a way today. But the biggest one is just really, I think, getting that funding, that initial nest egg of funding to be able to hire those people out yourself. So, you know, somehow finding a way to get you know, realistically today, I would say probably somewhere around $200,000 um, to get, you know, your, you know, your mar- your online marketing, you know, snapped up and zipped up and tight to get your PR person to hire, you know, to hire out all of the people that you need to actually really be able to sustain yourself long term and really get that kind of like initial motor running. So that's where I'm always trying to focus on how do you know for myself and other musicians that I mentor, how do we get you that initial two hundred thousand dollars so that you can get this thing sustained, you know, sustaining and running to where you're making i I try to aim for somewhere around one hundred thousand dollars after taxes for artists and myself included. You know, if you can make a hundred thousand after taxes, everything said and done, that's your salary. That's your yearly, you know, salary as a musician. And you don't have to do a side hustle. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you're going to be able to pay for healthcare insurance or not, then, then according to me, you made it. So yeah, if any of you guys have any idea of how NFTs could help with that, that would be great. Damn, I have never made it and I've never played Madison Square Garden. I have played a couple of dive bars up in Montana, though, and that was a good time. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) But yeah, as far as like NFTs, the the main thing right now with with where the tech is, I can see and it's basically what everybody's using their projects for. And that's just bootstrapping liquidity to either complete a roadmap or to begin a roadmap or to do or to run off and disappear with you know like it depending on the project uh 
but it is a really good way. I, I wouldn't say right now, obviously it's not the best time to, to try to, to get liquidity for your project just because everything's so awful and down, but in a good bull run, like I've seen a lot of pretty piss poor projects get a lot of funding just from having like an on point marketing, some good memers and having some, you know, pretty mediocre art i mean nothing like that special but in a bull cycle like that when everyone's hyped on everything money just gets thrown left and right like it's kind of ridiculous and and now seeing like how far down everything has gotten from that point the tech still holds true and all those ideas are still solid it's just there's a big lack of liquidity right now but i think like a normal musician i mean to pull in like a couple hundred thousand on a, a project like it's definitely doable in a in a good run for sure i mean i think the next bull run is going to be a big one um you know hopefully that'll be sooner than later but uh you know in the meantime it's just you know the people that are you know building their projects now and building a community now hey guys thank you so much for having me uh it's been awesome to talk to all of you and uh, i have to head on out head to dinner but um i hope to catch you again on the next omniflix chat Thank you so much for joining us, HG. Uh, yeah, but like, like I was saying, I think right now what's important is the people that are building uh, in this bear market are going to be, you know, in the driver's seat when it comes to the next bull run because, you know, the people that are building now, they're going to have an established community. They're going to, and then that's when the people will be getting into the space and you'll already have your community established and growing your community. And if you've been building your community over the last, you know, two, three years, even even more you know because when people see a project uh you know or a community that has you know fifty thousand followers they're cool with being the fifty thousand and first but when but when you're a new new project just starting up it's a lot harder to get the first you know 10 to you know the 10 followers and then 100 followers it's a lot harder to get people on board to a new project because they don't know what to expect and they don't know you know what if they don't, no one likes to be the first you know the first person at the party so well yeah and if, if you're not using this time to lay the groundwork like i i feel like a lot of us the last run like because terra spaces is a year year uh, last october so a little over a year now like it felt like when things really picked up, like we were constantly just trying to keep up. And there were things that like, oh, I wish I had this to be able to refer people to, or I wish I had this resource to be able to to show people. Like this is the time to create that that foundation, that framework, so that when the next run happens, you're not constantly chasing your tail, like trying to keep up. You're ahead of the game. You have all of this stuff laid out and it's ready for people to come in and consume it. Like that, that I think was a, a big issue for a lot of projects, the, the last run, because it, it happened so quick, nobody was really prepared for it. And so the whole run was spent like making promises and not really delivering, uh, obviously depends on the project, but a lot of it was just like trying to play catch up, you know? And, and now that we have time to breathe, we can know like, okay, what did we need? What would have worked better? Like, let's get that shit built now so that it's ready. So that when the next run happens, like we can, we have all the stuff built. We have these sites to refer people to these onboarding tools, all, all of that stuff that it takes to like foster a real strong community. I agree, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, um, and I think we just had, had somebody new join us. Uh, Mike D Mike D. 
my, uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? So what's up, people? Good morning. I'm on Father is very morning. My name is Marjay. I'm a crypto enthusiast. I love hearing about crypto. So basically, I've been just listening to what you guys have been saying. I've been cool so far. And I love it's, it. That's it's hard to hear you. Possibly um, t- uh, talk closer to the phone. Hello, can you guys hear me now? Yes, it's much better. Okay, my name is Mike J. I just joined this space. So I've been listening so far, so I just want to know more about what you guys have been saying, and it has been cool so far. And I'm trying to learn. I want to be a listener more and more. That's why I'm there. Hey, hey, hey. So um, I'll just jump in here on something kind of random. Does anyone have any opinions on the whole Twitter blue thing? Um, I know, especially for us musicians, it's super like, you know, it's a big deal when you get your blue check mark. I, I haven't gotten mine and I don't really know if I even care anymore. But um, is there really a point to it if everybody can just get it for 11 bucks? What are your thoughts? Hey, Kali, can I say something? I think your post size in a good position to answer that question. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah no. I hear you now, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I thought I didn't want to rug the space, so I didn't want to leave and uh and try to come back. But um, looks like it works now. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, but yeah. Um, so Mike, what Mike D? What is your um? What is so what is what is it what is it that you do? I'm sorry, I missed that. Sorry, can't hear you, No, I'm I'm asking what uh, what is it that you do? I missed I missed what you said, unfortunately, because uh, it cut out for me. Oh, really? You want me to review what I said the other time? You want me to repeat what I said the other time? Uh, no, I just wanted to, uh, wanted to you know, talk about your project and what it is that you're um, creating. Oh, 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 really? I've not created any projects. If, uh, I'm just more of a player than, than a creator. Sorry? In my back. I just got rubbed so hard. Yeah, me too. I couldn't. I couldn't get it off. Uh, I couldn't get it to unmute. Uh, but I, I didn't want to leave because then I would rug the whole space. But uh, that's weird. Twitter Spaces has been very, very weird the last couple of days. Yesterday, people weren't able to join Spaces. They were joining like a space and getting into a different one. It was very strange, and there were problems today. Earlier, I didn't think we were going to be able to have the space tonight because uh, I wasn't able to uh, create the space. And luckily, I was able to. But um, there have been quite a few issues i guess the last couple of days with twitter spaces that's not bad though we made it like almost what an hour 40 before it, it wrecked us that's probably a record this week seriously it's uh it's kind of crazy well we all know the techno king is messing around with the code right now so who knows what in the world is going to happen next um but i actually i don't know if anybody heard it but i just said um you know what are your guys thoughts on the whole twitter blue thing um I kind of, I'm just thinking, is there really a point if you can just buy it for 11 bucks? What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. It it seems like he's going to use it as some sort of tool to help kind of root out spam. But then again, like, what's eight bucks to spammers that are making millions? You know, they're just going to buy a bunch of blue check marks. And then what? Everyone without one is is legit? Like, I I don't know. I, I think there needs to be some sort of better way to you know figure out who's legit and who's a bot who's ai and, and all of this because it's just going to get more convoluted with time 
there's already enough spam on Twitter, you know, like the at least the way it was before, you knew that the people that were verified were verified for a reason. Now, if anybody, if just anybody can buy it, you know, then what good does that do? Because you can be a scammer, buy the blue check mark, and you're on your way, and you can rip off a ton of people. So, now I'm a verified scammer. Exactly. I got the blue exactly. check mark. Exactly. Um, but I think he's just trying a lot of things because this is kind of out of his wheelhouse, maybe. And it's just it seemed like a good idea. Like, yeah, I'm going to champion people's rights and and the right to free speech and all of this. And then we're going to go to Mars and build utopia or whatever the hell. But uh, he's trying. I I would hope so. I mean, we can join spaces now. So that's, that's progress, right? Definitely progress. Uh, so where do you guys see NFTs uh, making the biggest impact in the music space? Um, you know, for me, I started messing around with um, Decentraland and Somnium space and a little bit of the metaverse. Um, and for me, even though there's so many people poo-pooing the metaverse, especially Zuckerberg's version of it, um, I was most impressed with Somnium space. and. Um, I'm still mind boggled that more people aren't like kind of freaking out about that particular metaverse and also the, you know, just the founders and the world and everything like it's, it's effing incredible. I don't know if any of you have ever been able to like go to a convention and play with the full, um, like the full setup, you know, with the headset and the, you know, the cameras and everything like it's nuts. It's so much fun um, that I literally thought to myself, oh my God, if I get you know, if I get a proper setup, I'll never come back to the real world. Like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to live in this space. So I think the for me, the biggest thing that I could see happening in the future is somehow, somehow NFTs and musicians and, and, you know, 3D worlds like Somnium Space, where I don't know, maybe like the NFT could be your fan's tickets into virtual 3d concerts or they can be like um i think uh i i read this somewhere that you know when you buy an nft it integrates into whatever metaverse you're in and you know that would be like your fans buying a t-shirt so instead of buying an actual t-shirt they buy an nft of a t-shirt and that's the t-shirt they get for their avatar in the digital world uh finn do you have any response to that yeah, I think the coolest stuff I saw so far was just like being able to watch a concert in a way like in the metaverse, but I don't think the tech is quite there yet, at least for the one I messed around with. I think for those really immersive experiences though, that still takes a lot of tech and a lot of money to like put something like that in your house. But we're getting closer. I like the idea of being able to go places like out of body, basically. Yeah, me too, for sure. I I agree. The tech just needs to get more, you know, right, cheaper so that regular people can afford it. Um, But yeah, I mean, the good news is that we are on the very brink of all of this stuff. So it's good because we're in the beginning. I remember getting frustrated, you know, I dozens of times over the past, you know, 18 years when I would see something or read about it. And then five, six, seven years later, it would just blow up. And I would have remembered reading about that thing in Wired 
or Forbes or somewhere and thinking, oh my God, why didn't I start, you know, doing that? If I would have just done that, I would have a billion dollars by now. Um, you know, like I remember reading about Bitcoin and Wired Magazine in like 2010, 2011. And I completely got it. I understood it. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And then I was so young and just naive that I thought to myself, well, if it's in Wired Magazine, that means everybody must already know about it. I'm too late. Uh, it's too late now. I'll just go ahead and leave it. And then, you know, lo and behold, 10 years later, bam. And I'm just like, oh my God. I, I literally thought to myself, should I buy some? Nah, it's probably too late, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Kicking myself in the butt, right? So I think it's the same thing with the metaverse that, you know, it's getting so much negative publicity, mostly surrounding particularly Zuckerberg. But people are forgetting about, um, you know, things like Somnium Space and Decentraland and the other ones. And just totally discounting the entire thing when, to me, it's only clearly obvious that if we're so attached to our phones to a point where people have anxiety attacks, if they lose it um, or if they're locked out or something, I mean, imagine 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, why wouldn't everyone want to be in 3D? You know, if you can have, if people are this addicted to two-dimensional screens, Imagine how much more addicted we're all going to be when you no longer have to carry around the brick in your pocket. It's just going to be like, you know, in in your watch or, you know, glasses or who even knows. It could just be hopefully not a chip in your brain. Hopefully we don't all agree to that, but it could potentially just be a chip in your brain. Um, and everything is three dimensional. You know, instead of talking to your friend or, you know, watching a concert on YouTube, which is two-dimensional. Well, what if you could just have a hologram of Taylor Swift in your living room? And there she is, and you're the only one in your living room just watching the concert of Taylor Swift right there. She's sitting in your living room. So I can just see the potential exploding to a degree that I don't think most people are quite realizing. So I say anything you can do to jump in now, go ahead and do it. I keep checking back in with Kurzweil's age of spiritual machines and the predictions that he makes in there. And like, I keep waiting for the lenses to come out. And every time I see an article about it, I'm like, oh shit, we're almost there. We're almost there. Cause like the VR stuff is cool. I mean, it works okay for what it is. It's just like, I don't find myself using it as much as I thought that I would use a cool tech like that just because of how clunky it is and shit. And I just, I mean, I guess now I just don't have the time trying to keep up with all the spaces and shit, but like when you actually get the headset on and stuff and like, it's not that bad of a experience, like the, the visuals and stuff, like it's pretty on point for, for that, that sort of tech. I just think once you remove that giant ass headset and everything and, and this stuff gets shrunk down a bit more, that's when we'll really start seeing like the cool, cool stuff. But yeah, I got to bounce out of here and get back to work. It's been an awesome chat. I definitely appreciate you guys. Like I'll catch you on the, on the next OmniFlix. Yeah, let's definitely wrap it here. Uh, I really appreciate all you guys joining. Uh, Crystal, I'm, uh, if you want to, uh, please DM me and uh, I'll be happy to talk to you about getting you set up with OmniFlix and give you a little walk through the platform and show you, you know, how we can make um you're minting your music easier and um and help you you know 
build a, build a sovereign community around your work and uh, you know help you grow. Thank you. I'll do that. Good night, guys. Awesome. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Omniflix Network Impact of NFTs on the Music Industry, recorded on Saturday, December seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent Each time someone listens to one of their tracks Leaving only some portion of that for the actual can't artists, say they're making can't even say they're pennies, making pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate And called at the zoo It's looking like the view Is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music